and continuing to advocate for myself has been like a skill that I've been able to develop through this challenging time and I feel like you have also gone through something similar yeah definitely I think echoing everything that you say um just being able to have the opportunity in these settings to learn more about my body and how my body works um and how I can advocate and know what's true for me um, and bring that to others and not taking their messages necessarily as truth and gold and whatever else and knowing that I can take what is helpful for me and also leave things and learning how to leave things well. Hi. I'm Emily Kay, and you are listening to my new podcast, Get Together. I'm a therapist in training, focusing my work on how our relationships to our bodies impact our relationships to the world. On this podcast, I'll be getting together with some of my favorite people, talking about some of my favorite subjects, diet culture and eating disorders and body image and identity and systems and feminism and queerness and so much more. Thank you for being with us. I'm so excited to be talking to you on the mic today. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to too. Before we get started, would you mind introducing yourself for me? Sure. Um, my name is Elise, and I'm a grad student in the same cohort as you at the Seattle School. Um, I am really excited to learn more and study trauma, which sounds really dark, but also it's really interesting and really needed um, and can touch so many different people's stories. So... I'm excited to especially work with kids and to try to figure out how to bring art into things as well. Also, maybe religious trauma. Also, maybe chronic illness. Also, who knows what else? <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, I love learning from you and I love your interests. And recently you shared a book with me by Jamie Lee Finch, which I totally loved. Yes. And that was on religious trauma. And right now we're both doing an artist's residency together yes. where you're working on some bomb art. Ah, well, you too, like this podcast series and prints and collages. And it's just been fun to own the building and completely take over and be fed. So we've had yes. so much free food this week and it's been glorious. So, so grateful for that. I've loved that too. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I love about our friendship is our ability to connect on so many different passions. And in yeah. some cases, it's like your particular passion. And then I just get to get excited with you and like learn from you. And in some cases, we are super interested or super affected by the same thing. Yes. Which is so helpful. It's been so fun. Like, I still remember meeting you in the stairway. Yes. Um, during orientation week with all those crazy little small talk moments with other people and sticking by your side after I found out more about your story and what you kind of deal with. And I wanted to dig deeper, but also not scare you off. And look at us now. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're so right. Yeah, mm -hmm. that was such a great moment. So during orientation, I had been going through some things with my health that were so difficult and it had just started that week where I was having like a really intense migraine that just would not go away yeah. and after we had talked for a couple days through orientation I finally just like desperately admitted to you like oh you know like I have some things going on with my health and it's just kind of stressful right now but I'm good and mm -hmm. you were like I was like no <laughs> and also <laughs> me too 
So, and then we connected over our shared chronic illness experiences. Yeah, I was so grateful that you shared with me that you have your own story with that too because then I felt immediately at ease because I think so often our society and culture has this message that like health issues are shameful or if you're going through something with your health, like you should not talk about it. It's private. Mm -hmm. And obviously, of course, if you want to keep it private, Mm-hmm. yes please like nurture yourself and set those boundaries but it is hard when you do want to share the way that it's impacting you but feel like maybe other people are going to be uncomfortable with that mm-hmm. or they're not going to understand and just having somebody else that I'm such close friends with that is also yeah. going through their own story with that has been so healing yes dude same like yeah I haven't had a friend that's understood to the details and nuances that you have um, just between like, oh, this week I really like dairy's really affecting me, so I might not eat ice cream. But knowing the fullness of the story and how like if I see you eat ice cream later on, like go you. <laughs> yes. And that bodies are just so particular to people, and so even like if we would share the same disease or whatever, we might have completely different symptoms, and our bodies might respond to treatments differently. Um, even like we see the same doctor, but our regimens have been completely like similar in some ways, but also very different in other ways. And knowing like, that's great. And that's going to work for you, but maybe not for me and vice versa. And yes. Yeah. Okay. So let's back up for the people who oh, yes. want to know what the heck we are talking yeah. about. So <laughs> would you mind sharing a little bit more about how your sort of health journey started? Yeah. Um, so my health journey started in eighth grade, which is kind of trippy (laughs) to think back to. I don't think and process the whole story very often. Um, So also like, wow, to have space to do that with you is really cool. And I'm like, "Ah." anyway, um, so eighth grade, I had gotten like a really weird mono-like symptom set kind of the summer before high school. And a lot of people have been like, oh, I bet you have mono because middle school and so many different cultural messages were given to me about how I'm not really sick. I'm just being dramatic and depressed and probably have anorexia because I have hives and I'm not eating many things. So, yes, I had major fatigue. My joints started aching. Um, I had like this weird cough thing that wouldn't go away forever and fevers and then um eventually my body just broke out in hives so my arms and legs were covered in these weird red blotches that seemed hive-like but also weren't your typical allergic reaction hives um and in your own mind can you remember what you were thinking during all of this like do do are you able to access that yeah definitely I remember I what did I do (laughs) yeah I remember being like, what the hell is going on? Um, None of my friends have these experiences and I'm already like kind of an odd person, but this is like too odd for even me. (laughs) 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 I was the homeschooled one. (laughs) So yeah, but this like reached beyond the homeschooling and now I'm covered in red blotches. Um, But yeah, I remember feeling really not seen or like no one cared to even hear or explore what was going on within me and so I had to take it on by myself um, and internalize it all and figure it out on my own with Google um, or with my really good friend Molly who 
also deals with a lot of chronic illness symptoms um, and had gone through her own journey shortly before this. We had met when I was in seventh grade um, and she was going through her diagnosis for celiac disease. Um, and she was 24 at the time and told that if she didn't stop eating gluten like that week, she would be dead before she's 30. Oh, my gosh. Um, mm-hmm. And like to move to Ireland and all these crazy things. So she was navigating like very, very drastic changes in her life. And when I was meeting her, getting involved with her family um, and she was really, really instrumental in ad- like teaching me how to advocate for myself and to be like, no, like keep it on. Like your symptoms are real. Of course, I believe you. Um, she was out here in Seattle and I was in Minnesota at the time. So Google chats were like my doctor's offices for that season because my parents had no idea what was going on or if they did, they're like, oh, you're just sick today. Um, and that lasted until the winter of my sophomore year and then my mom saw the blotches so I had gone like two and a half years of just not really knowing what's going on but feeling horrible kind of pressing on and doing everything um and people would be like oh Elise you're just tired or are you depressed do you need to talk to someone do you need to talk to a pastor the idea of counseling was never brought up it was always like a pastor the youth pastor um which is a lot of trauma I'm still getting over um, but also very open to talking about and figuring out now because it's definitely spurred on why I'm doing a mental health track now and want to be there for people who deal with chronic illness um, and validate their experiences. So mm. just picturing you being so young and not having anyone mirror back to you yeah, the pain that you were facing and just the confusion of not understanding what was going on in your body is just so heavy. Yeah. But yeah, so that all went on for a bit. And then, so swatches, sophomore year. My mom finally noticed them that winter. But instead of doctors, I went to see a nutritional therapist um, because my mom was training at the time to be a nutritional therapy practitioner. Um, So I did the nutritional therapy regimen. The swatches weren't going away. So she gave up on me and sent me to a naturopath who then gave me a food sensitivity test. Um, And it came back that I was allergic to about 400 things between foods, oils, molds, chemicals. Um, So I basically was showing that I was reacting to the entire world around me. Um, Everything that I had been eating, why I was now like in a red severe zone of being sensitive to. Um, And then like, yeah any like chemicals candles I couldn't enter malls at that time because Bath and Body Works would give me migraines for the rest of the day um dude yeah which is still there's a lot there but <laughs> um so then I lived for about a couple months we'll say um just being in fear of all these foods and like what will react and is this going to be my life now and is this the answer to everything that I'd been um, suffering with dealing with since eighth grade and that lasted until a nanny mom that I had been working with noticed all of these crazy things and shared her own journey with Hashimoto's um, and asked me if I would be interested to go see her specialist three hours away in the middle of rural Minnesota yes nanny mom right? coming in for the care Amy Anderson oh, the gem of all gems yes mm-hmm. um So she recommended I go see the specialist out in the middle of nowhere, Minnesota. Um, 
and I did and it took like a month to get in because he's really booked but he was a functional medicine practitioner so he's really good with combining naturopathic remedies and more natural holistic things as well as being an MD and being able to admit you into a hospital or his wife was dealing with cancer for many years so he has a lot of experience combining holistic remedies with chemo and and things like that he's incredible he actually no longer practices but he was incredible and a lot of his research so much Mm -hmm. so he actually just took one look at me and was like oh you have Lyme disease and I was like lol humbug um (laughs) I don't think so um I've been tested sorry no go for it did you even know what Lyme disease was at that time? Mm-hmm. I had been tested three times for Lyme in the past um, because it was, I had a lot of the symptoms that are conclusive with Lyme, um, except for the bullseye rash. That is usually typical when you're first bitten. But then I was educated by this doctor that you can actually, only 50% of cases show up with a bullseye rash and are caught in time and that chronic Lyme is actually a much bigger deal than um, Lyme disease within the first two weeks that you usually hear about cases being um, and that there is such a thing as chronic Lyme when it goes misdiagnosed for a long time because the beginning symptoms with these bullseye rashes and mono-like symptoms aren't caught right away as is the case for me. Um, So he actually ran a bunch of other tests besides the two standard ones that any common doctor's office will run for you, um, which are like the Western blot and the ELISA. Um, Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And those only give markers for Lyme disease that's in your blood. And the way that Lyme works is you're bitten by this little tick filled with these little spirochete bacterias. So they look like little corkscrews and they can actually get into any part of your body. So they don't just stay in your blood when you're bitten, but they'll move into your muscles, move into your brain, move into your heart. Um, Your bones literally hide out wherever they want and then come up, which is why your symptoms manifest in different ways for different people. Some have a lot of arthritis symptoms. Some have more brain fog, depression, even psychosis. Um, Some mimic cancer. Some mimic all these different things but then can move and are never caught in time um so the elisa only works if it is in your blood at that specific moment when your blood is drawn and then it only looks for two markers for lyme when there's really about 24 um that can show like your immune levels or something or other um so I got all 24 markers tested and I had every single marker except those two that are commonly tested (laughs) whoa Mm mm-hmm so then what? So how did you feel when you saw that? Yeah, I was in a really bad place for a while. Mm. I was in denial, like, what the fuck? Um, what does it mean to have a diagnosis? And is this going to define me as if all the other ones that I had taken on as my identity no longer exist or are not true? I have been called a liar multiple times by doctors or mm. that I'm faking it. And so now I was experiencing validation for the first time by a medical professional, which is also a new experience and I didn't know how to handle it at all. Um, So not trusting necessarily, but also being really excited, but also being very wary about what could happen. Um, To actually have this diagnosis and to have a name for something 
after having different names and kind of like taking on different identities for arthritis or food allergies or different things for the longest time and then being told like oh scrap that it's not true anymore uh, back to the drawing board so it was definitely a whirlwind of a couple months of being really angry and kind of in denial and also learning how to be excited and what this means and also wondering if I could recover from it and what does it look like to move forward from this very like milestone sort of a moment um and all when you're like a junior in high school so you're also going through a lot of developmental things and life things and weird social midwestern kid stuff Mm -hmm. and then dealing with health issues is so isolating or Mm -hmm. it can be so isolating Mm -hmm. and probably not something that your peers were talking about I'm imagining oh not at all Uh, yeah or it was the running joke like oh there's Elise with her cooler for youth group events and things because I would bring all my own food with me um, if I would go on trips with people so or my boyfriend at the time would take it upon himself to make me all sorts of different kinds of foods and then pack it for me to go on trips which is really kind but later led on to a lot of trauma (laughs) 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 Uh, Mm -hmm. it totally resonated with me the mental process that you were going through when you got your diagnosis of like the confusion and also the validation and also maybe some fear but maybe this could be a good thing because now you kind of understand what's going on but also can you recover Mm -hmm. how do you navigate this can you get better how are you going to manage this it just can be so overwhelming yeah yeah I would love to hear more of your journey of that too yeah it's been such a gift to have you come into my life and be able to share these stories um and just how we've been able to pick up and resonate with these experiences emotionally developmentally illness journeys in general um so i would love to hear too about more of your journey and process in getting a diagnosis and figuring out or like what you were feeling during all that time too and hear more on your side yeah I definitely resonate with the idea of having confusing symptoms in your body and realizing that something has changed, but also not knowing what to do and maybe other people not understanding that or seeing that or recognizing it as the potential of being like an illness or a disease or something like that. Yeah. And even when you were talking, I was just like, oh my gosh, like so much of this, I also like feel in my story too in different ways, like especially as like a younger person with an eating disorder and my Mm -hmm. parents not really understanding what an eating disorder was and me kind of having the idea that an eating disorder was someone that was a ballerina, that was a perfectionist, Mm -hmm. that was like extremely, um, that had an extremely particular body type. And I didn't see myself in that. So there was even some confusion in that journey. Yeah. But I don't know if I even want to talk about that too much. But like Mm -hmm. I did resonate with that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So there was definitely a lot of confusion in that journey. And even just over the years of wondering like, well, I know now that I have an eating disorder, but what do I do with that diagnosis? And what does Mm -hmm. that mean? Um, So that definitely was a confusing process for me. But more recently, I've been affected by sort of like a different health journey. Yeah. And this is something that started, the symptoms started manifesting a couple of years ago. So I had already been in recovery from my eating disorder for a couple of years Mm -hmm. and was feeling really good about where I was at with all of that and just enjoying life and being young. And I had just kind of moved to Seattle and hanging out with friends and 
just experiencing life in recovery in just like a free new way. That was really awesome. Mm-hmm. But then, yeah, so basically I was just really enjoying life. And then suddenly I was developing these symptoms that I was okay with, but very confused by. So the first symptom that I noticed was weight gain. And obviously that's a very, very big topic that has a lot of nuance and the way that our culture talks about weight gain is so upsetting to me mm-hmm. and I recognize that talking about losing weight or gaining weight is just so nuanced and so difficult and what I will say just from like my own experience was this particular weight gain was so fast and so extreme and it was happening at such a quick rate that I knew that something was wrong yeah, and it wasn't matching up with anything you know I hadn't made any changes to the way that I was eating I hadn't made any kind of changes so it was just not matching up and it was extremely fast Mm -hmm. it was to the point where I was literally buying new clothes every month because Mm -hmm. I would buy a new pair of clothes and be like you know what I'm okay like I'm embracing my body I'm okay with gaining weight gaining weight is okay like being a bigger size is fine and Mm -hmm. also this is happening at a really scary rate. And I started to think, well, maybe I have a food allergy. Maybe I'm eating something that I'm not digesting. Like what is happening to me? And I went to the doctor and of course Mm -hmm. I got really, really harmful messages from the couple of doctors that I saw initially, which basically involved them telling me that I just wasn't taking care of myself and I wasn't exercising enough and I was in I was not eating healthy quote-unquote enough mm-hmm. and all of these messages like this weight gain was my fault and also again particular to this cultural message that this weight gain is also bad yeah. and you should be doing something to lose this weight as well whereas I was sitting in their office informed of my own history and my own relationship with my body and trying to convey to them I know something is wrong I'm Mm -hmm. comfortable with gaining weight it is okay with me if I'm gaining weight but I I'm feeling something in my body that is not going is not I'm feeling something in my body that is not right yeah so because having an eating disorder has been a big part of my story and my health history it was really difficult for the doctors to separate these new symptoms that I was experiencing from that part of my story. And so there was a lot of feelings of blame and shame in the room that maybe I was doing something to cause these symptoms and a lot of um, just some feelings of accusation like, well, this weight gain is obviously because you are doing something to cause this because you have a history with eating disorders. Mm -hmm. And I remember just like, I understand that they're in a really tough position, but also, you know, sitting there as someone who was pretty informed about their health history and just trying to explain to them, like, actually, yes, because I have had a history with eating disorders, I'm actually an expert on my body at this point and I really understand exactly what I need to do if I want to gain weight or lose weight. I've been through this pattern so many times before and unfortunately I'm so familiar. Mm -hmm. So I'm telling you because of my history that I am positive that I am not doing something to influence these symptoms. Mm -hmm. Like something else is happening here and this 
these themes that I'm discussing, this went on with multiple doctor's appointments and multiple doctors. And as I continued to gain the weight, I was also having like some really intense like stomach feelings Mm -hmm. and just feeling like I wasn't even digesting anything that I was eating and just felt very confused. And there was a long period of shame, like maybe I'm doing something to cause this. Maybe they're right. Maybe I need to be doing something differently, like I'm eating the wrong thing or something like that. And in the meantime, of course, dealing with these symptoms is dealing with symptoms like that when culture has such a negative stigma about weight gain and bigger bodies. It was really difficult to navigate the confusion and isolation that I was feeling inside myself with these messages that weight gain is bad and what you're going through is your fault and if you could just fix it then you wouldn't be sick but also knowing that I was sick and something was happening so it was just like so devastating and also triggering too Mm -hmm. um but finally I found a naturopath who was willing to run a comprehensive blood test like a 14 page document of like testing me for everything that was going on Yes, which was so, so healing and helpful. And um, I got all these tests done. And that's how I found out that my thyroid was extremely out of whack and that I had Hashimoto's and that my thyroid was basically failing. And for as long as I had been having these symptoms, it had been slowly disintegrating. Oh, my Um, God. I don't know. I think that's dramatic. It had been slowly failing over time. And, of course, the irony being that no one had previously been willing to test me for a thyroid disorder because of the shame around weight gain and the stigma from the medical community. Unfortunately, that weight is simply about food and exercise. And if you're just stricter and work harder, you can Mm -hmm. overcome it. Um, And they were unwilling to look past their own biases against weight gain and people in larger bodies to ask questions and run tests and try to help me understand what was happening. So, Mm. ah, yes. Yeah, just a really painful and traumatizing process. Also, I think something good that came out of the whole thing for me was being able to stay strong through all of these super triggering events and super triggering changes in my body Mm -hmm. and just being in this place in my recovery where I was so so in love with my life and so not willing to go down a darker path and so facing a really large weight gain when you're someone who has had anorexia and had other eating disorders is pretty much your worst nightmare because Mm -hmm. your disorder is telling you that weight gain is bad and that's being reinforced by society so even though it was super difficult I also had the opportunity to show myself how strong I was and that I wasn't going to let these cultural messages tell me that weight gaining weight is bad and I also wasn't going to let changes in my body lead me down to relapse so that was actually super nice kind of icing on the cake of something not (laughs) so great that was happening Mm -hmm. wow I think that's something that has really surprised me in being on this journey and now having Hashimoto's and all the health issues that that has brought along with it with medication and just all these different things of trying to manage it is the opportunity for me to learn how to advocate for myself 
and the opportunity for me to actually re-engage with my body mm-hmm. even though the stories inside my body have been like really difficult and challenging and traumatizing in a strange way having these new health challenges has actually empowered me to recognize the ways that I do want to be in touch with myself because being in touch with myself has been so key to my healing being able to go to all of these different doctors and stand up to them when they said that I was just causing these problems and continuing to advocate for myself has been like a skill that I've been able to develop through this challenging time and I feel like you have also gone through something similar yeah definitely I think echoing everything that you say um just being able to have the opportunity in these settings to learn more about my body and how my body works um, and how I can advocate and know what's true for me um, and bring that to others and not taking their messages necessarily as truth and gold and whatever else and knowing that I can take what is helpful for me and also leave things and learning how to leave things well and not feeling shame or like even like an anger of oh why did you do this again or like why are you bringing up these things which are important but not what I am going through um leaving them there taking the good things um scrapping things when they don't work for me anymore and moving on to new things um and just that I'm consistently learning about my body and how it works um becoming more and more embodied especially with therapy and school um and learning how culture has taught us how to split from our bodies like our brains and our bodies Mm. um and how coming back together is like a really powerful and an important part of healing in so many different areas yes definitely and as you were talking I was hearing in my head the word boundaries yes and how I have learned to set boundaries with doctors and boundaries with cultural messages Mm -hmm. and even boundaries with other people in my life who don't fully understand what I'm going through absolutely and sometimes that means educating people and sometimes that means um, just getting real with people about what's really happening Mm -hmm. and especially with the boundaries portion with doctors I remember seeing a naturopath a couple of years ago who was very invested in putting me on an exercise routine and trying to set me up with these particular ways of eating and exercising and strength training and all of these things Mm -hmm. and just having to tell her very plainly multiple times this is not something that I'm willing to take on at this time my spiritual emotional and psychological health is far more important to me than Mm -hmm. losing a couple of pounds and I eventually stopped seeing her and found a new doctor because there was such a incongruence with our goals for me and that's what I've loved so 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 much about the naturopath that I've been working with over the last year because of you and just this feeling that we set goals for me together and that she respects the fact that I have had eating disorders and that certain paths of healing for my body that would be triggering for that are not options for me yeah and just yeah just being able to find people who like you said are willing to have an integrative like mind body soul approach to your health has been so 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 important mm-hmm. and also knowing that you can ask for that mm-hmm. is so great mm-hmm. yeah I think boundaries has been a really big learning curve for me Um, And it hasn't been the funnest experience whatsoever um, because I've had a lot of people that don't validate 
um, what I'm going through or want to be curious even about what it could look like to be in my situation and why I'm saying no to this thing or um, not taking extra hours for this or babysitting a night or something. Um, It's been so important for me in those spaces to then realize that I have to prioritize my health and learning how to prioritize my health and that this is actually a big thing and could be considered one of my full-time jobs um more so than like an actual employment situation even um but taking it with that level of sincerity versus this side thing that like I struggle with and keep in the shadows and don't tell anyone about um but trying to get to the point of advocating to the extent that it is something that I daily have to consider and take into account um and see as important and worth tending to yes Mm -hmm. oh totally resonate with that I was so ashamed for the first year or so that I was going through these issues I didn't want to share them with other people and for me it got to the point where the other symptoms that I was developing besides just the weight gain but also just things with headaches and fatigue and exhaustion and chronic pain Um, and just like changes with medication, like all of these things were just hitting me so hard that I could no longer bear the burden of them on my own. And I had to reach out to other people for help. And, and looking back at those times when I did feel so isolated and ashamed of my health issues, I'm just so grateful that now I recognize, and like you said, like prioritize my physical health Mm -hmm. and am willing to communicate with people like, you know what, the pain is just too bad today and I can't go and I can't meet this obligation. This actually happened where I was dealing with some health challenges that were scary and overwhelming and just reminding myself that it was okay to prioritize that and let go of my other obligations and let people know I'm prioritizing my health in my body right now. This is part of my story and part of what I go through and I will meet these obligations afterwards. Mm-hmm. And that's the way that I show up for myself. Yes. Oh my gosh, that's so powerful. And I'm just sitting here so fired up like, yes, as I navigate if I take an extra year of school because burnout is really real within my body right now. Um as I navigate some health things as well with what does Lyme look like right now this year, um, how to prioritize a little bit more healing and time to rest, um, which has been a long time coming again as I felt better from my days in high school. Um, But coming back and realizing that, yes, this is something that I need, that is a gift. My body's a gift to be able to prioritize um, and is worth taking care of. So... I'm going for it. (laughs) Yes. And I love what you said about Mm -hmm. the full-time job thing Mm -hmm. and just recognizing, I think for me, therapy and my mental health has been such a big part of my story and recognizing (laughs) and like recognizing how important that is. And I think my journey with having Hashimoto's and just different things that have come up because of that has been recognizing like caring for myself is so important. And I think in particularly in our like American culture that is so focused on productivity that can be actually really countercultural to Mm -hmm. say I'm going to take rest I'm going to take peace for myself and do something like maybe take longer to finish my degree than I really than I originally thought or for me I'm going to choose to spend my time differently and I'm not going to engage in things that I just don't have capacity for anymore Mm -hmm. and I wish that I 
didn't have to be forced into making those decisions to learn that lesson. But at the same time, I'm so grateful that I now know and I can practice a more sustainable approach to caring for my body rather than getting to an emergency point. Mm-hmm. Instead, it's like as I start to feel symptoms come up, I can I can let people know that that's what's going on for me and that I'm going to step away for a little while and care for myself. Mm-hmm. I think, yeah, that's huge. And I worked a lot lately with or it's been on my mind a lot, um, the not getting to the emergency point and actually knowing that I know my body really well. Um, and the warning signs that can come or the little like, oh, hey, pay attention to this. Hey, Elise, uh, you're getting tired or look, you're breaking out in hives. Um, maybe be curious about this <laughs> um, instead of ignoring it and disassociating from my body enough until it hits an emergency point where I have to take time off work probably more than I ever would have in the beginning in order to get back to a healing place. And also bringing in people that are like your trusted groups um, to, <laughs> yeah, or, and also just bringing in the people and finding your people to run with in these times. Um, for or me, it's walk been, very slowly. Or, right? yep, or <laughs> definitely stroll, leisurely <laughs> stroll, with, um, or cuddle on the couch with, especially Peanut. <laughs> but I know for me, It's been a process of cherishing people and maybe taking more time to invest in the relationships that are more healing to me or more refreshing or those that I know will understand when I cancel plans or say no to things um, or take even like food into consideration um, when it comes to some allergies and investing and pouring more into those friendships than trying to spread myself so thin and make a vast variety of really sweet people happy um but focusing more on the people that I want to bring into things more with and be able to share more of myself with um so this is totally (laughs) resonating with me and I could sort of feel my eyes getting warm and tingly as you were saying that because that is definitely something that has been a running theme in my life a walking theme. Yeah, it's in a I walking, love the walking theme, theme. <laughs> in my life as I've been navigating these health challenges. I've noticed that earlier you said um, that it has been painful for you when people are not curious mm-hmm. about what is going on with you. And I think that's something that I have really felt too. And I've noticed that the people that I've come closer to as I've been learning to work with my body and work with these health challenging seasons – I am becoming closer with the people that are invested in being curious about what I'm going through and not making me feel like this is something that I should just be quiet about or this is something that I should be ashamed about. But instead, people who are actively checking in with me, asking how my headaches are, Mm -hmm. asking how a doctor's appointment went, like, oh my gosh, sometimes my cousin who also deals with chronic health issues will specifically remember exactly when I went to the doctor and I'll get out of the doctor and get this text from Ah. her of like, how was your appointment? What's going on? And just make it's even making me emotional now of just like recognizing the ways that people have been showing up for me Mm -hmm. and also the ways that I've been willing to be vulnerable to kind of let that that happen and just like really grateful for that too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my gosh. (laughs) 
I'm imagining that there might be people listening to this conversation who recognize themselves in it, whether it's the person that's experiencing the health challenge or a friend or a family member of someone. And they might be wondering, okay, well, I do want to take the next step. I want to be more vulnerable. I want to be an ally in this with them. What do I do next? And I thought it might be helpful for us to close by reflecting on the ways that we offer care for each other and the ways that supporting each other's physical, mental health, spiritual <laughs> journey, all the journeys. Um, all well, the leisurely strolls. All the strolls. <laughs> I'm imagining that people who might be listening in on our conversation may recognize themselves in some way, whether they see themselves as someone who is trying to support a friend who is going through something or maybe they're going through something themselves. And I thought a nice way to sort of close our conversation would today would be reflect on the ways that we offer each other care in our friendship and how we particularly approach things like talking and checking in about health challenges and just all of that kind of thing. Absolutely. Oh, Emmy. Uh, I think just having your friendship as the first thing has been such a gift um, from the moments of being able to start to be vulnerable and just share like, hey, I'm having a hard time right now with my health and how we've had we've been curious about each other's journeys but also intending and coming back to wanting to be respectful and wanting to only go or like as dive as deep as feels safe for each other um and as our friendship has gotten closer and deeper we've been able to go farther and farther and farther but from the beginning not going so far as like tell me your entire journey right now um but accepting wherever we were and then being showing that we were still curious but also wanting safety above everything else for each other has been a big one for me I felt so safe with you to be able to be like hey I'm having a hard day and the way that you've initiated um wanting to know or showing that you're curious about what I'm going through but also being willing to leave it at that and having that be enough for a time or other times when I have sent you maybe like five paragraphs in a text message going into enormous amounts of detail um and getting a really sweet response or if you're not able to respond in that moment you or if you're not feeling good enough to respond in the moment that day um just knowing like you really do care and that you show that in your responses um and that you'll get to it when you can or we've talked about it in person later on so just knowing curiosity and safety has been huge for me to realize in my friendship with you nice. yeah <laughs> I think for me, the first thing that stands out is the conversation that we were talking about at the very beginning of the episode of just sharing with each other that this was something that we both were experiencing in our own different ways. And what strikes me about that moment is how countercultural it actually is to yes. be willing to speak about a medical diagnosis that can so often be met with such shame and stigma. And I'm just so grateful that we were both in a place where it was healthy and safe for us to share something like that with each other. Mm -hmm. Because even since that moment, I can't tell you how many times I have just been grateful and reflective, even if I don't even talk to you or even if I don't even reach out to you. It's just in the moment of experiencing, um, you know, like a physical pain or other health issue. And I'm just thinking to myself, Elise understands this. Elise knows what this is like. She is not judging me. She is supportive of me and just knowing that there's someone else out there that totally gets what I'm going through. And even though our symptoms and our stories are not exactly the same, 
I think that we both resonate with this journey. Mm-hmm. And for me, I think being able to reach out to you in moments of despair and just knowing that that's going to be met with love and support and no judgment is just so, so, so healing for me. And also feeling like sharing something about my health story is an accepted and a welcomed response to the question of how are you doing yes and feeling like I can share how I'm really doing you know sometimes that answer is like I'm really struggling with my health but I don't want to talk about that I'm actually so grateful for my friends right now and just like having a really awesome day and sometimes the answer is I'm really devastated and afraid about my health right now and I really need to talk about it and like share with you when that time is right for you and when you're comfortable. Mm -hmm. Um, So just all of those things, like you said, like feeling like I can actually show up with the truth Mm -hmm. and also feeling like I think and also feeling like I can have the autonomy and the safety to show up with like the degree of truth that I want to share at that time and also knowing that like you know the dark places that health challenges can take people and just knowing that you're not going to tell me like it's gonna get better like buck up you'll be fine Mm -hmm. let's go but also that you'll like sit with me in the dark place and then like walk me out of it when I'm ready Mm -hmm. and especially I'm thinking of a specific not necessarily dark place, but a really challenging place for me lately is when I get really anxious about where my health is right now and how to go about fixing not or like taking more healing steps um, and being able to bounce ideas off of you and knowing like, hey, Emmy, what do you think about this test or should I be doing this or should I cut this out or what are your thoughts about this knowing that you know more of my story and that you believe me um, and if your answer is dear lord I don't know um, that's even just helpful to have another I don't know alongside mine with you or if you give me as you have really great advice about um, different paths that I could take for remedies and healing um, being able to just have your previous knowledge and knowing that your story is involved in what you're saying and it's not just something that you quickly googled um but that you're resonating it to your body and your experience and then offering it to me to use whatever seems safe and healthy and good for me to use it's been so nice to have a sounding board in you yes and I think what I'm hearing and what you just offered is so important when talking about health challenges with people is just loving that person enough to see their health challenges and see their story Mm -hmm. and I think for us that has often meant um, sharing a possible path or a possible tool that we might use but also having the safety of saying but if this tool or path actually feels traumatic or Mm -hmm. triggering or damaging in some way I'm not going to take it and yes, feeling yes, yes. like we can like share that and not hold each other of like, well, your doctor said that you need to do X, Y, and Z. So why aren't you doing every single thing on that list? It's like, no, it's a much more nuanced, much more complicated journey. And I want to be here with my body for all of it. I think what I've appreciated about our friendship is just feeling like you're there to listen to my story. And sometimes that's my health story. And sometimes that's my eating disorder story and sometimes that's just the story of where I am today and how I want to show up for myself and feeling like all of those things are safe with you Mm, Fred thank you 
I feel so similar in all you said it all like echo 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 (laughs) yes thank you I'm so oh sorry no (laughs) you're just such a gift Emmy so are you you have been such an excellent part of my journey with this Thank you so much for sitting down with me. I've loved having this conversation with you on the mic. I have too. This has been so fun. (laughs) It has been. Thank you so much for your time and all of the energy and time that you have invested in sharing your story with me and being a safe place for my story as well. Thank you, Emmy. (laughs) Yeah. Booyah. This podcast would not be possible without the help of some really awesome people in my life. Thank you to Kelsey LaBelle for letting me use your song, Just Trees, which was recorded and produced at Sonic Boom Records in Seattle. You can find more of Kelsey's music wherever you listen. And thank you to the Seattle School of Theology and Psychology for letting me use their podcast studio and for hosting me at their artist's retreat, which is where this podcast was born. Thank you to Elise Hansen for your wonderful artwork and to my amazing therapist, Katie, who has helped me so much. Thanks, y'all.